Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. I am. There's so much going on this week, Julie. I'm a little overwhelmed. (laughs) I mean, the Kim and Kanye stuff could be an episode in and of itself. Oh, it absolutely could be. I think that the reason that all of that is so overwhelming is because there were so many different mediums. Like we have the Kanye videos that almost felt like Instagram lives. We have him doing the interview with Hollywood Unlocked. Then Julia Fox comes in with the interview mag, you know, article round two. Kanye drops the song referencing Pete. And then on top of all of it, there were the paparazzi photos of... Kim and Pete. So it was just coming at us from every angle. A lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. And you know, I love that. I mean, you really get off on an episode where we get to say that phrase. <laughs> I know, it's like my kink. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. You want to begin? I would love to. Okay. So we're going to attempt to do a kind of comprehensive breakdown of the Kim and Kanye stuff. And I know this may seem counterintuitive, but we're actually going to start at the most recent event and then kind of work backwards. So that was Saturday, January 15th, Chicago's birthday party. It was a joint birthday party for Stormy in Chicago. And earlier that day, Kanye had recorded a video of him publicly wishing Chicago a happy birthday and saying that he wasn't allowed to go to the party. He was never given the address. So this is around 1230. The direct quote was, I'm just putting this online because I need y'all support. I've called Kim, texted the nannies. I got on the phone with Tristan. He said he'd ask Chloe. Well, nobody give me the address to my daughter's birthday party right now. And that's going to imprint in her mind that I wasn't there for her. So then about an hour or so later at around 1.50, we see via various Instagram stories that he was there. And so after the party, he released another video, just really beaming, so happy saying, I'm so happy right now. I just came from Ty's party. I just got a shout out to Travis Scott for sending me the address and the time and making sure that I was able to spend the birthday memory with my daughter and to be there with the rest of the family. I saw everybody. It was, you know, Chris, Corey, and Kylie. Kylie let me in right when I got to the spot because the security stopped me once again when I got there. And you know, it's just a matter of having a conversation, open dialogue, and everyone just had a great time. I'm just really happy that I could be there for my children. And I just want to thank everyone for their support in the situation, letting me just calmly and legally take control of my narrative. I know we disagree and people have different opinions on a lot of different things that I do, but with this one, this is my main focus. My life centers around my children and I just had a great time today. So kind of a total change of pace from before the party. And just for additional context, according to page six, Kim was really confused by this because I guess the plan was that they always were going to have two separate parties or so she thought. And he had apparently already had a party for Chicago downtown at his office. So the logistics, or I guess him being confused by the logistics were apparently confusing to her. And then on top of this, I want to read this quote directly. A source told E, quote, Kanye was never not invited to the birthday party. Kim was under the impression he wanted to do his own celebration. She was fine about him coming to Kylie's house and is happy the kids can see them together. Kim and Kanye are not on good terms right now. She's really trying to keep the peace between them and for the sake of the kids. She's being neutral towards Kanye and doesn't want any drama, but she's really upset Kanye keeps talking about the family matters on social media. 
He thinks he still has full access to Kim and has no boundaries. She's over it. Which, whether or not this source is accurate, to me, if somebody had asked me, what do you think Kim's mindset is right now? That is exactly it. Like, I just think she is so upset with the way that this is going down, especially because it's so the opposite of how she's treated him publicly. So to me, that is so on par with the way I think things are going internally with them. Oh, me too. I assumed that they were on pretty terrible terms. All this birthday drama did was kind of validate those feelings. It's so unfortunate because you can so clearly see that this isn't Kim's fault and this isn't what Kim wanted. And this kind of feels like actions that she's being forced to take in or not even actions that she's being forced to take. It's just the way that it's being presented to the public. So it's it's really unfortunate. The other thing is that Obviously watching this go down, it was really messy. And I think in general, you never like to see this between parents, but kind of taking that aside for a second, what was so fascinating to me was that Kanye was almost giving us a live update on the inner Kardashian family drama, or even something as small as Kylie greeted me at the door and, you know, Travis gave me the address or I called Tristan, like all these little logistics that seem so trivial, but There are things that we all care about when you care about this family and you never would have gotten that. It was almost like Kanye was an influencer on his way to an influencer event, you know, giving his followers the behind the scenes. And so for me, it was really hard to wrap my mind around the fact that we were getting these live updates in a way that you never get it when that's inner family drama. Yeah, they'll do stories of what's going on and they'll tell you what's happening, but that stuff happens in the group chat and we never get access. And so while still I think doing it publicly was totally the wrong move, as just somebody who's so fascinated by the Kardashians, it was a little bit of a mindfuck. There's something interesting about hearing Kanye list out their names for some reason, like even though he is clearly still a part of the family and will forever be despite everything that's going on, him and Kim share kids together. And therefore this type of relationship that he has with the rest of the family will continue to exist. And he had a relationship with them prior. So it's not like this is coming out of nowhere, but When you and I were watching that together, the video of Kanye saying the second part after leaving the party and saying how excited he was to see Chris and Corey and Kylie, like every name he said, we weirdly like looked at each other and we're like, wow, I can't believe he's even saying those names right now. I know. Why did it feel like a big deal? But it did. (laughs) It did. I'm not sure. I think because on one hand, you had Kanye saying like, I have no idea where the address of this party is. No one's telling me where it is. No one's telling me how to get there. And it's like, listen, you pretty much have a one in six shot of getting it right. And so on one hand, when he was giving that, you're like, wow, he's really separated from the family. Like there's really this huge disconnect there. And then when he comes back on and he's saying everyone's name and how excited he was to see them, you're like, wow, that disconnect isn't as real as I just thought it was about an hour ago. You know, something that I was thinking about over the course of this whole week, but really specifically with the birthday situation was that historically when they were doing the show, it wasn't that Kanye was necessarily opposed to it or against it, but he wasn't the biggest fan. I don't think he loved the idea of his family being on reality television and the public being let in in that way. And what I find really interesting is that he almost weaponizes that public intimacy when it's convenient or beneficial for him. So in general, I guess he doesn't like it, yet he's the first one to air out all of their kind of problems when he wants to rally the public behind him. And I understand that the Kardashians have really put themselves out there and made so much of their lives public. But when it comes to the stuff between Kim and Kanye, she has never once disrespected. I mean, the only example you could even point to, and it was so humorous, was her joking about him in her SNL opening monologue, which I wouldn't even really validate with any sort of legitimate you know, criticism or time. So It's just whether or not you like the Kardashians, you like Kanye, when you look at it from that perspective, it's just really frustrating and it's upsetting. I find it to be very upsetting. That's a really good point. Yeah, I find the entire thing to be upsetting. I think most people do. And I think as soon as something involves kids, it crosses that line from public drama or divorce into like a situation where you really want to find some sense of resolve because- even if you disagree with Kanye, even if you think he's going about this in the worst way possible, which by the way, he is, there are still kids involved who should get the opportunity to not see their dad in that light. And so it's like, you're watching all of this go down and you kind of just want to be like, God, as much as I'm not used to seeing this and as much as that influencer point of the information we were getting hit so hard, it's almost like 
for the sake of your kids, just please figure out another way to do this. And it's like, I so understand where that the root of this is clearly coming from a place of being a great father and wanting to see your kids and wanting to love your kids and be there for the big moments in their lives. Of course, like, duh, as he should be. I just think what's being lost in this conversation is the very clear switch in terms of Kim publicly supporting Kanye and the fact that his actions are what is amounting to that kind of being taken away from him. Right. And also, and we're going to get more into this in a minute when we go through some parts of the Jason interview and the songs and the interview magazine stuff. But the other thing is that in my eyes, the way that I view this is that there was kind of a very clear shift in the way Connie was going about this divorce and the way that it was brought to the public before Kim was seen dating Pete and then now. And clearly he's doing the same thing with Julia Fox in what I would consider a far more public way. Yet clearly he's upset by the Pete situation. And I have to feel that the jealousy from that is the root or part of the root of this happening. And he's entitled to his feelings. You're allowed to be jealous. You're allowed to be upset. Even if it doesn't necessarily make sense, technically, you know, she can do what she wants. I get it. You're upset. But to call her character into question, just because you are upset about something she's fully allowed to do is really, in my opinion, fundamentally wrong. And I think also as a woman, it, it just hits different. Well, I think one of the things also is that from our point of view, we've watched all of this play out. We get every single detail that's being put out into the public is something that we are consuming. And that a lot of people, if you're pop culture fans, if you're fans of the Kardashians, if you don't care, but you have a presence online, that's kind of how you're consuming this as well. For a lot of people, they don't consume content in the way that we're kind of used to. So something that happens in this situation where Kanye can put out a video like this and people who aren't necessarily pop culture enthusiasts or people who pay close attention are only getting a very one-sided narrative. So it's not just that he's putting his information out there and he's doing it in a way that could hurt Kim. It's that he has the ability with doing this to really turn people who don't know the full story and don't get the full picture very much against her. I think what also is really upsetting is that as we saw, he came to the party and after he posts this whole video about how happy he was and how great it went. And like we said, he's listing all the names. He really is just beaming. And that's the part out of this whole thing that I think pissed me off the most of like, do you know what that looks like? That Two hours before, you are dragging your wife through the fucking mud, making her look like she is the barrier between you and your children, which is obviously not something anybody you know would support. Of course, he should be as involved in his kids' lives as he wants to be. So you're doing all that. And then the second it works out and she's completely fine with you coming and you're hanging out with Chris and you're seen holding up Chicago while she hits the pinata, it's like everything is good and I'm so happy. As if that didn't happen. And the thing is, this stuff is online. It doesn't go away. And to your point, yes, those of us that are following really closely, I have to imagine if you're listening to this podcast, if you listen weekly, you're a little bit more in it. But for the average person that's just seeing one-offs, Kim is never speaking about this. The only time you hear from her is through a source, if that's even coming directly from their camp. So it's like, (laughs) to make this whole scene when it's not going your way and then automatically think that it can all be fixed in one video of your positive experience, you know better than anyone, Connie. That's not how this shit works. And it's, it's so fucked up. Like, I don't think that he's a bad person by any means. I really do believe he's a good father. And I think he loves those kids with everything in him. But the the level of narcissism and self-indulgence and inability to consider anyone else's feelings, emotions, the, the way that they are going to be impacted when he is in the moment of his upset, it's really hard to watch. And I just really feel for everyone in this situation, honestly, him included. Yeah, I have an incredible amount of sympathy for everybody involved. And of course that includes him. And I can think that he's wrong 10 out of 10 times and still anytime there's a divorce going on and anytime there are kids involved and anytime there's clearly mental health issues at play, it would be like it would lack humanity to not feel some sense of, you know, wanting for him to be able to figure this out and for things to be just like right and happy and easy, of course, and there's sympathy there. The issue that I have and probably the biggest issue with this whole thing is that 
It's impossible to look at this situation and not see that switch from the time that Kim started dating P and the before and after of that. And it's that fact that makes me so angry and frustrated when I look at this because you have a situation where this divorce is announced. Kanye was the one that was dating first. Kanye and Irina were the first couple speculated after this divorce happened. So it's not like Kim moved on straight away and Kanye never had the chance to. He started dating first. And you have a whole series of Kanye doing these things where Kim is front and center supporting him. Every single show from Donda, every single fashion thing that he had, every event that he had, there was Kim. And there was Kim with the kids making sure that they were there to see him. And then you have this point where Kim gets to move on and date somebody new, which is what she is allowed to do. You guys are no longer together. And there is such a clear switch in terms of the way they are now presented as a unit in terms of Kim and Kanye as a co-parenting unit, as a parental unit, as a partnership. And so to act like the switch came out of nowhere and all of a sudden things are a little bit different or to act like Kim is suddenly the bad guy in this situation is so disrespectful to what you can so clearly see is happening. And that's the part of it that really, really upsets me. Right. It's exactly, it's a total double standard and it almost feels like he is punishing her for her choosing to go semi-public with someone else. And by I, the reason I say semi-public is I recognize it's public. She's at Giorgio Baldi. She's at John and Vinny. She's getting photographed with him, obviously, but it really becomes semi-public when you compare it to Julia Fox having a standing column in Interview Mag to talk about her grand dates with Kanye. So it's like, you got to pick a lane here. I mean, at a certain point, it just... It's just misogynistic, really. Well, it is because it comes off as entirely territorial, too. Of course. Like, he owns her. And so, you know, you look at a situation like this and you say, okay, if you, Kanye, are able to deal with the fact that your ex-wife is moving on, you can continue to have the relationship with her and your kids that you had prior to this, prior to your upset about this. So everything was seemingly running somewhat smoothly before Kim started dating somebody else. Her dating somebody else can't be the factor that you're now taking out on her. Because things were okay before. Your kids were at your events. Kim was with her family at your events, supporting you at everything. And so- It's not like she changed. It's not like she stopped allowing the kids to be supporting him. He changed. And it's so unfair to paint that narrative in any other way. Exactly. Exactly. I also, listen, in the interview that he did with Jason Lee, and so the first, just in terms of Chicago's birthday party, the first clip was released on Friday, the 14th, the day before Chicago's. And then the whole interview came out on the 17th. But in it, he talks about this one moment where he was dropping North off from school and she wanted him to come up and see something in her room and security stopped him. And he thought, or in this interview, he said that the reason he wasn't allowed to come in was because Pete was at the house. And he then goes on to say that the media really flipped the idea of him buying the house across the street. And the reason he did it is he just wanted to be close to his kids. And he said that when his parents split up, his dad didn't move to Chicago, but he stayed in Atlanta because of work. And Two quick things that I want to say about that. The first is a source immediately came back on behalf of Kim saying that Pete has never once been to the house and I'll get more on her reasoning in a second in terms of any sort of security involvement. But second, I think it's important for us to touch on what he said about the house thing because on the episode, I guess from last week or two weeks ago, that's the conversation that you and I had. Did I not say the first thing that I said was I genuinely did not view this as cynically as most people did. I really thought it was because he wanted to be as close to his kids as physically possible. I didn't view it as a controlling move on behalf of Kim. And I know I just spent, I don't even know how long talking about how much I disagree with Connie's actions. I still genuinely believe that that was good intentioned. And I, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe him when he says that. No, I believe him too, because I believe the position that he wants to be in as a father. And that is the piece in all of this where I can say, okay, I don't have to agree in the slightest with how you're going about this. I can actually think your actions are causing a huge detriment to this, but I can never ever be mad at you for taking that active role in your kid's life that you've had since the day they were born. At the same time though, one of the things that a lot of sources have been saying and that clearly Kim is trying to get across is this idea of like, you can see them whenever you want. There still has to be some structure involved here. 
Well, to that exact point, a source told Dee, I'm going to read this quote directly because I think it's really important. Quote, Kanye is welcome to see the kids, but it needs to be arranged. Kim doesn't want him showing up at her home unannounced or coming and going as he pleases. The kids have schedules and do well with structure. She wants to keep that in place and thinks it'll help with them going back and forth between her and Kanye. She wants to be able to let them know ahead of time what's going on so they can make smooth transitions. The whole family sees Kanye for who he is and accepts him. They all still love him and want him to be around to be there for the kids. It's hard because they also want Kim to be at peace and to allow her to move on in her life. Kim's hoping they can have more of a structured schedule and Kanye will abide by it. The thing is, I know that we have watched Courtney and Scott for years take on this very kind of relaxed approach to co-parenting. And from what we've seen, it hasn't been so scheduled. But that doesn't work for everyone. It, if you just were listening to Kanye, you would think that Kim was asking something that was so ridiculous. What's being described in what I just read is a very normal way that divorces are handled when it comes to custody. To to ask for simply a schedule, first of all, whether it's on behalf of your kids or for your own life, I think is beyond fair. But second of all, as their lives continue to grow separately, yeah, at a certain point, Pete or whoever the guy she's dating will be in the house. And so I know that that's not the most important reason, but how is it so much to ask that your ex-husband not be granted free access to your home whenever you want it? Because you may have other things going on that just don't involve him. We said from the beginning that we didn't think when it came to like the parenting stuff that it would be handled publicly with any sort of upset. I, I could have foreseen Kanye's jealousy coming out. I just really was giving him the benefit of the doubt that it would not manifest itself in this way. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate to watch. It it really is. Like it's hard to watch. And exactly what you were saying in terms of the custody and the boundaries. This also isn't a situation, or at least what we're hearing isn't the situation where Kanye has to only have the kids a couple days a week and it has to be scheduled times. He's only allowed to do X with them and have them for X number of hours. That's not at all what's being said here, or again, at least what we're getting from the sources. It's very much like please just let me know when you're going to come over. You cannot just drop by unannounced, which seems like the fairest thing in the entire world to me. And even though we didn't get a real look at what went down with Scott and Courtney and their custody agreement and their aftermath, I am sure that they had something in place where they had to let the other know, where they had to check in on the other schedules, or there was a lot more behind the scenes than we actually saw, because that's just the logical way to go about things. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like Generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada. 
which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Also keep in mind on the 14th is when his song Easy drops. And there's a bunch of lines in here. The clearly the most famous one is God save me from that crash just so I can beat Pete Davidson's ass. And then you hear a woman's voice asking who. Another one, we haven't the best divorce ever. If we go to court, we'll go to court together. Matter of fact, pick up your sis, we'll go to courts together. Another one is non-custodial dad. I bought the house next door. What you think the point of really being rich for? And then a nod to Julia Fox was, and my new bitch bad, which I don't know, maybe an unpopular opinion. To me, this is like so much more harmless. I know he's mentioning people by name, but also this is his art form. This is what you expect. This is, you know, I know artists express themselves in different ways. And to me, this was very on par. I get it. It's like the other stuff that I think is more of the issue. I actually liked that court line. Same. I thought it was great. I thought it was too. Um, it doesn't bother me when he does stuff like this in his music. It's it's his expression. I think he has every right to. It also doesn't entirely bother me when he does interviews. I think that I don't have to agree with everything he says to think that he has the right to do them. And something that I wanted to add on to the point I was making before in terms of kids needing structure and the way that divorce works and custody works, I want to add the fact that like I can't imagine how difficult it must be to be a father and be in your home and then one day you're divorced and you now have to arrange to see your kids. Like I I don't want to remove sympathy from that situation. I can imagine the pain that is involved in that and I don't want to ignore that fact. So going back to what I was saying about the interviews and the songs, I can understand his want to put that information out there and say what he feels he needs to say through those mediums. What upsets me is when he goes live and claims that he was never invited to a birthday party and that Kim's keeping him from the kids because that's when we have a problem. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Um, we are so aligned by that. Also, imagine being Pete and hearing that line. Like, <laughs> how do you get here? I'm not sure. I've actually been curious if this is something where Pete Davidson says to himself, like, holy shit, this is so stupidly funny. Like, how am I dating Kim Kardashian and Kanye West is throwing disses at me in his songs? Or if they're actually going to get to a point in their relationship where Pete says like, you know what? This is just kind of a lot for me. You have a lot of drama in your life. You have an ex-husband that I really don't want to get involved on his bad side with. You have kids that you have to worry about. Like, maybe I should take a step back. I always saw the way that their relationship ended as fizzling out and it just like coming to their time and it this fling being over it's now getting to the point where I'm curious if this lasts for a while and they just continue to go not the whole way but they continue to date for a while or if this gets to a point where this stuff starts to really affect their relationship and it would be so unfortunate if it did because it should be able to play out the way it's meant to play out without those outside factors but we can't pretend that they're not there it's funny to hear you say it because it's a totally valid point for sure. I guess I didn't even consider a possibility where Pete is the one to walk away. And everything you're saying, like I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of Kanye's disses or on the receiving end of you know the hatred that Kanye has for the person in Kim's life. At the same time though, I guess I've always seen it as like, Pete is not giving up this opportunity. This is not one of those, you know, oh, he's just the woman who's one of the hottest women in the world. No, like this is fucking Kim Kardashian. I do not, I don't see it. I, I could see it impacting it and then making it, let's say a mutual decision or Kim's like, I just can't do this right now. I got to take a break. That's maybe my own bias. To me, it's like Helen Iwater couldn't make this man fucking end it. You know, that's what I thought originally. Like I never thought that my position on it would be that he would be the one to walk away until I literally said it one minute ago. And I think I even surprised myself by saying it. But at the same time, if that was the reason he walked away, it would be logical. I could never see a reason that he would walk away where he would just be like, you know what? I'm kind of over this relationship. Like that is just the most illogical thing maybe on planet earth to me. Like you could tell me that like fucking aliens were real. And I would believe that more than I would believe that Pete would just be over a relationship with Kim and walk away for no reason. But I could see Pete hitting a point where 
listen, he has his own mental health to put first too. That's a really important aspect of this. So if this was getting to a point, which I don't know that it necessarily is, but if it was getting to a point where Pete was like, you know what, this is just too much for me to handle. I can't do this anymore. I wouldn't be shocked by that at this point. But at the same time, I can also see Pete thinking that this is absolutely the funniest shit in the entire world for him to be somehow involved in. Right. Like all of a sudden he's the target of a Kanye West diss track. Meanwhile, a few years ago, he's having dinner at Nobu Malibu with him, with Timothy Chalamet and Kid Cudi. Like talk about record draft free stream. You're probably wondering how I ended up here, meme. And don't forget after that dinner going on Fallon and saying what a wonderful couple Kim and Kanye were. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> life comes at you fast, huh? Life comes <laughs> at you fucking fast. I fucking love when there are moments when we can say that and it's so fitting because we say it about the stupidest shit. I know. Okay. So now to part two or three or whatever the fuck part we're on here, let's go into the Julia Fox of it all. So she does another interview with Interview Magazine, also on Saturday the 15th, the same day as Chicago's birthday party. And in it, she calls her relationship with Kanye a redemption story. She basically says, you know, I'm so used to being fucked over in a relationship, so I keep waiting for him to disappoint me because he makes very grandiose promises. And it's like, how could he ever pull it off with all the other things he has going on? But he always does. Last night was a testament to that. After meeting him a couple of days later, all my shit was in boxes, gone. It was so cathartic. It wasn't like I was just packing up my old clothes. It was like I was packing up my own life. I was like making that very conscious decision to really put everything in the box, to let go of the past. For someone like me who's such a control freak and always so used to taking care of myself, to just let go and be taken care of as far and at this point in my life. I've been the primary caretaker of everyone for so long, so it's a new sensation, but honestly, I think I deserve it. Okay. I really want to choose my words carefully here because let's say that that is so genuine and really for her, it was cathartic Then good for her, right? Like she feels as though she's never been taken care of. And in this, in some way, Connie doing this gesture makes her feel that way. Who am I to take it away from her? Right. However, my view on this as an outsider is that this is so fucking weird and such a clearly controlled thing that Connie has. I mean, this is the Kim treatment, basically what he's doing to Julia Fox. And it makes me feel as though this wouldn't be so dissimilar from any woman that he dates. And again, if, if they really like this, more power to them. I guess this relationship dynamic works. But to me, meeting a man and within a very short amount of time, them getting rid of all of your previous belongings so that they can style you or make you rise to what they believe to be the occasion is just like so not something that I understand or can vibe with. And so I'm sorry that I'm viewing it through my lens. I'm not trying to be judgmental. It just comes across to me as so like grossly controlling. Yeah. It's like clean out a woman's closet one time, romantic gesture. You do it twice. You got an MO. Right. Right. (laughs) Although would I fuck Kanye for a new wardrobe of Balenciaga? I can't say I wouldn't. (laughs) I know, but the way in which like Think about it, Julie. There are probably so many things in both of our closets that would not be considered chic or elevated, but you know what? They're just fucking comfortable. Right now, what am I recording this in? A giant blue Hanes t-shirt. Kanye would hate this, but you know what? Sometimes you don't want to be in a fucking Balenciaga, like full one piece pajama set. Like let a person live. Why am I getting so upset? It impacts me 0%. I just don't get it. I think it's the idea that Kanye would throw out. (laughs) The 47 Gildan sweatshirts that we both have, that's just sending us over the edge. That's what it is. Honestly, I'm personalizing this because I don't want to lose my Gildan sweatshirts. And if he tries to take them from me, we're going to have a real issue. But again, we were together in that Balenciaga store the other day. And when we saw that giant one, we were like, you know what? Yeah. Kanye wants to come over for a night. Kanye can come over for a night. <laughs> The red croc hourglass. Forget about it. <laughs> Why are you actually even buying it? <laughs> <laughs> Can you fuck Kanye for store credit at Balenciaga? Like, do you date him and you get a full closet makeover and you fuck him one time and it's a gift card? <laughs> I win though. See, that would be a whole different story. You get the gift card, fine. By the way, I don't want a whole Balenciaga wardrobe. I think half the shit is ugly. Oh, I can't. I, I don't know, guys. Okay, I'm gonna. I need to just be the most honest. If this is making Julia Fox happy, then good for her. Like I said last week, the rise to fame she has had in the last two weeks is absolutely monumental. And again, if this is her goal, I support it and I actually applaud it. Couldn't be me, wouldn't want it to be me, but so fucking support it for you. That being said, I do not get this person as a concept. I'm sure you meet someone in person, they're totally different. But if you want my like general opinion, 
I just, it's not really my vibe, but it doesn't have to be my vibe. The best way to ever describe Julia Fox is you saying, I don't understand this person as a concept. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. I mean, we didn't even talk about the Madonna, Antonio Brown, Floyd Mayweather photo shoot that they did at that restaurant. I mean, what's the point, you know? <laughs> I don't need to. I don't need to. And all the tweets about it being like, this is the Euphoria Teachers Lounge. is <laughs> so funny and so exactly descriptive of how confusing the entire night was. It's beyond. I don't even know what to say about it. Like, I don't know what to say about anything at this point because I feel like at least when we're talking about Kanye in how it applies to Kim, that is a conversation I can have all day because I can understand the dynamic there and I can understand the roles and I can understand how it all is going to play out or should play out or won't play out, whatever it is. When you bring Julia Fox and Madonna and Antonio Brown and Floyd Mayweather into the conversation, we're dealing with a whole lot of dynamics that I don't know how to even begin to get into or, I mean, not even begin to get into. I just don't know how to get into, period. No, it's above my pay grade for sure. For sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was, it's kind of like, (laughs) like my whole, can I tell you my vibe on it is like, I am so glad you guys are having fun. I just so don't want to be involved. Whereas like I see Kim and Pete's date night. I'm like, yes, holy shit. Would I love to have pasta at John and Vinny's and then get ice cream at Rite Aid like while wearing a sweatshirt? Are you kidding me? That's my porn. Yes, while wearing a sweatshirt that Kanye would have thrown out. Right, exactly. Let me keep my Gildans and eat ice cream at Rite Aid. Oh my God, please. Can we talk about the date? I feel like it's our reward for getting through that whole thing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So this is on the 11th. Keep in mind, by the way, just for context, that's four days before the entire Chicago's birthday party fiasco happened. So they were spotted having dinner together at John and Vinny's. And then after they got ice cream at Rite Aid and you saw the pictures inside the Rite Aid, they were hugging, which I think is the most intimate we've ever seen them. We've seen holding hands, but this felt different. And then they were also walking out. You have to watch the actual video. I'll try to find the link and put it in the description, but I don't know if I'll be able to. I only saw it one time because the pictures hit different than the video. But again, this, which a few months ago felt like the craziest thing in the world, now is like such a natural little intimate evening with my two friends that also wear sweatshirts. Watching them hug and embrace like that was, I had a visceral reaction. I really did. When we sent that in the group chat, we were just flipping out for like, 10 minutes. And it's not even that this is anything new or that seeing them together is somehow still shocking, even though it kind of is. But to see them embrace like that and his six foot three body hugging and holding her little body, like, oh my God, first of all, a fucking dream. I'll tell you that much. That's a dream. (laughs) And two, it's one thing to see them together. It's one thing to see them holding hands. It's one thing to see them eating. But that level of intimacy, I wasn't prepared for yet, honestly. I was not. No, Julie, I, I'm telling you, I wasn't. And also to see Kim look so happy and then to watch this, it was like the contrast. I, Yeah, I. there were so many things. And also John and Vinny's was such an interesting choice for me because obviously, you know, it's a celebrity hotspot. But if you've eaten there before, you know how non-private of a situation that was. Like they were at one of the booths. Do you remember when we sat there and we basically, you were back to back with Maya Rudolph. Like if if you're there, you're seen. It's not like a Giorgio Baldi table in the corner type of situation, private room, Nobu Malibu. Like you're not going to SVB. This is a very, very different type of place. And to me, that was just interesting that that was their next move. I don't know. I was like obsessed with it. John and Vinny's is an obsession spot for me to see Kim at because it's like, wow, I'm so happy you're dating Pete Davidson and I'm so happy you're eating carbs. Right. Like, by the way, both of those for you personally, that's your brand. Like in one, wanting to date Pete Davidson and just like being so happy about anybody's consumption of carbs. That That's my brand. And I want that to forever be my brand. It will be, obviously. <laughs> I mean... I don't even know what to say. Like I, I I'm, I'm struggling because there's so much and I just, I can't, I can't lie. Of course my loyalty is with Kim, but I also think objectively, she's just handling it so much more respectfully. You know, I think back a lot to, and I, I want to talk to her about this so much if we ever, or again, rephrasing my thinking, when we eventually have her on manifesting, she's spoken about the concept of 
her sometimes being reserved or being a little bit of a people pleaser and how she really appreciates the quality in Connie of him speaking his mind. And like, I think when she talks about that, it's very real that he really did have an impact on her and like not apologizing for things that the way she lives her life and, and wanting to be, you know, a little stronger in her stances on certain things. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing. And, but then you see when it's this side of it and it just, I don't know. I wonder where her head lies in all of that. It does feel unfair for there to be a quality that has been complimented about you and then use that against some, the person that's doing the complimenting. That's what I'm saying. It's like really hard, I would imagine, for her that it's one of her favorite things about Kanye yet at the same time. It's the thing that hurts her personally the, the most deeply. And it continues to. This is not the first time it's hurt her, but I think in the past she's been able to justify it because it's been things that he's said that the public has publicly disagreed with. This is a situation where I think maybe for the first time he's saying something that is a direct hit at her. Yes, right. Like some of the other things could be considered direct hints, aka when he was talking about, you know, potentially aborting North, but this is far different because this is a direct hit on her parenting. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I'm telling you one thing though, this shit's just going to get crazier. And don't forget, we also have the Hulu show coming. Not that this is going to be covered in that necessarily, but it's coming. I cannot wait for that Hulu show. I know I say it every single time, but I physically like, I, when I see that we get later and later in the month, a lot of people are like, wow, this month's really getting away. I'm like, this isn't a month. This is just a countdown to the Hulu show. Right. It's like a few more sleeps. That's, <laughs> that's how we do it. Exactly. Okay. We need to take a break and come back with Lisa Benet and Jason Momoa. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. I think this was really surprising to all of us. Last week, Jason Momoa announced via Instagram in a post that's now deleted that him and Lisa Bonet were splitting after four years of marriage and being together for 16 years as a couple, which I got to tell you, not just because we've spoken about how much we love this couple and how attractive they are and in certain ways, just so aspirational it really surprised me deeply just because I felt like their love was an eternal type of situation, which doesn't mean that it's not. I don't think divorce necessarily changes that, but really out of left field. I'm still completely floored by this. Just keep in mind, they met in 2005 at a jazz club and she did this interview with Porter Magazine in 2018. She said, quote, I can't say it was full on from the moment we saw each other, but we've been together from the day that we met. In that moment, love came and it came big, and he did not run as I think a lot of men do. He basically picked me up and threw me over his shoulder, caveman style. By the way, like, like yeah, the carb slash Pete Davidson thing for you is that for me. Like, yes, throw me over your shoulder, caveman style. Imagine how I feel. It's both for me. <laughs> it's true. And they have two children together, their first in 2007 and their second in 2008. And in 2017 is when they had their secret wedding after being together for 12 years. And he had spoken about it previously saying, I thought it would have stayed on the down low, but some asshole leaked it and I will find you. You know what? I've been married to my wife for 12 years. It's just a gathering of our families and celebrating our love. And this is probably the most famous quote of his regarding their relationship in 2019 when he said in an interview, if someone says something is impossible, I'm like, listen here, I married Lisa Bonet. Anything is fucking possible. It's really hard to wrap your mind around a couple getting divorced when the couple 
not only has been together for so long, but also is so outward, not just in terms of their love for each other, but in terms of the value they see in the other. And so this was not an overly public couple by any means. It's not like you watched every single step of their relationship, but you were allowed into a certain level and everything that you were allowed in to see just showed this overabundance of love that extended not just to each other, but to Zoe and to Lenny and like this just big happy family that operated with love first. Like I feel like that was almost their motto. And so for zero signs, at least from what I've seen, zero signs of an impending split to go from a hundred to zero as the public, that's so shocking. I actually think the exact sweet spot that they hit in terms of the way they publicly share their relationship is why this was like hitting so deeply or was so shocking because no, you're right. It was not every intimate detail. You didn't feel overly involved. However, every once in a while you got a glimpse and the glimpse felt like it was that they were both describing this love of the likings we've never seen before, you know, just like this real intensity. And then you always saw that it was backed up by not only the familial approval, but also just the family unit, like you said, they really built. And that was also shared publicly. I mean, something as small as Lenny and Jason repeatedly calling each other brothers on social media, that's the kind of shit that sticks in the public's mind. So it's just like, I don't know. I, I get it. I obviously understand, you know, life happens and things change, but I'm still really surprised by this. Really, really surprised by this. Can I ask you a question? Do you think there is validity to the thought process that a lot of people have in terms of that actual title of marriage can sometimes change things, especially when somebody was in such a long-term relationship prior to actually being married? Like, I guess you could also look at Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, how they were so like, you know, we don't need to be married. This is our family. This is how we operate. And then it kind of seemed like they got married and it was quickly after that, that things changed. Like, do you think that there is validity to that or it's almost coincidental that 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 happens? I don't know in this particular case, and obviously I've never been married, so I can't speak to it with much authority, but yes, I definitely think that there is a possibility that that can change things. I mean, I've seen it in people I know in my own life. And after talking about it, they definitely feel like there was a shift and that it put, this is again, just what I've spoken to about people in my own life, that it added a level of pressure that they didn't anticipate it adding. And I could see how that's possible. That psychological switch when it's official and it's a marriage after having been together for so long. I'm not talking about like a four-year engagement. I'm not talking about dating for a little while and then getting married. I mean a 12-year relationship having already brought kids into the world and then getting married, whether that psychological switch is there or whether there's actual logistics in terms of what changes when you get married. I'm really interested in that because I think we've seen that happen, not an overwhelming amount of times, but definitely enough that there's conclusions that can be drawn. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I feel like I have zero authority to speak on it, having again never been married, but I totally believe that that's a possibility. Like, Who knows what happened here? But yeah, for sure, I'm a believer in that. I'm still so shocked that they're getting divorced. I could see them fixing it, by the way. I could see them working things out. I could too. I don't know if that's just because I want them to, but I totally could. You know what? <laughs> if Jason Momoa is single and you're saying that you want them to work things out, that is the biggest testament to their relationship. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know how I feel about him, but to me, she's just almost another genre of woman. Like, I think she is magnificent in every single facet. First of all, huge fucking shoes to fill, but yes, did the caveman line of him throwing her over the shoulder stick in my head? Of course, I'd be lying if I said it didn't. Of course, you're only human. Only We're human. only human. Exactly. Lastly, in relationship news, as you all are aware by now, on Tuesday, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly got engaged in Puerto Rico. There were a lot of different camera angles. It was kind of exactly how I think you would have expected it to go down. The ring was very symbolic, he said in his caption. I know tradition is one ring, but I designed it with Stephen Webster to be two. The emerald, her birthstone, and the diamond, my birthstone, set on two magnetic bands of thorns that draw together as two halves of the same soul, forming the obscure heart that is our love. You know, the last line of her caption is, and then we drank each other's blood. Like to me, one, 
we knew this was going to happen soon. So good for them. And second of all, down to the caption, to the ring, to the details, like I wouldn't have been able to pinpoint this exactly, but it's the exact vibe that I would have envisioned for their engagement. (laughs) Down to him wearing the exact same shirt or almost the same shirt that Travis wore to propose to Courtney. Exactly. The black and white stripe. I, honestly, the person that I think about the most between this engagement and the Courtney Travis engagement is honestly Mindy Weiss, where I'm like, how is she going to take a wedding that I know they are going to want to be the opposite of every wedding she's ever done and really make it happen? I know she will, but boy, is that going to be a challenge. No, it for sure is. I mean, what a beautiful thing that two people that desire such seemingly obscure things like found one another. Like, you know how hard it is to be into the practice of like wanting to really spiritually and romantically drink one another's blood and then meet someone who also wants to do that. Like, I don't know. There must be some sense of belonging there that I can't really relate to, but good for them. That does seem like a one in a billion thing. Yeah. And you know what? Like let them live. Okay. It's a little bizarre. Yeah. But Megan Fox is the first one to say that she's weird as shit, you know, and it makes her her. How boring would she be if she wasn't? I honestly, I I know I just spent about like a minute making fun of them there. I am really happy for them. Like I'm really glad that they found each other and as seemingly crazy and public and how much I just don't get a lot of the aspects of their relationship. I do think that the way that they love each other and how much they love each other and this connection they formed with each other is a really beautiful thing. And I'm happy for them to celebrate that. Totally. No, seriously, all all jokes aside, it's to each their own. This is a prime example of that and good for them. I I wish them a lot of happiness. And I mean, I think the Instagram post will only get more intense. I hope so. (laughs) It's funny. It's like, I, I know we've talked about this before, but I always go back to Nikki Glaser's comment on our post that one time when I don't know, Megan Fox posted something about them basically having sex at the Airbnb and he responded and everybody, we posted it and everyone's like shitting on them. And Nikki Glaser's like, wait a second, don't all we want from celebrities is getting insight and like the little details. And then we get them and you guys are all shitting on them. And it's like, you know what? That is a great fucking point. Yeah. Is it done in maybe the most tasteful way? Not necessarily, but also who's to say what tasteful is? I can't believe that Megan Fox and MGK got engaged and it was the third biggest story of the week. I mean, the Kanye Kim stuff seriously could be just not only its own individual episode. I mean, that could be a multi-part series. If given the opportunity, I would never shut up about it. This outline, I don't even know. You put your, what do they say? (laughs) You know what I was about to say? I know, but don't say it because I'll hate it. (laughs) Yeah, just a lot, a lot happening here. Okay, well... We love you guys. We'll see you later this week for the bonus show. And then Isabel and I will be back for Bravo. I haven't watched Summer House yet. And I am so excited. Like I always save Salt Lake City and Summer House for right before we record. So it's really fresh in my mind. And I am so excited, Julie. You don't understand. I'm so excited for you. And we didn't even watch Euphoria yet. We can do that tonight. Maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. (laughs) Yes, we are also, what? How many feet apart are we right now, would you say? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. D- different rooms, maybe like 60 feet. It's I don't bad. know. I can't hear you. So far enough because I can't hear you in person. We have to end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We love you guys so much. We'll see you later this week. Thank you. <laughs>